What up, what up? Welcome to the Cast of Color, a show where a diverse group of creatives discuss all things film, TV, and entertainment. My name is John Carter. I am here with the boy Joe, per usual. What's happening, man? Yo, yo. Hello. Hey, hey. Ty, Ty. I'm also joined by the boy Gerardo. What's the deal, my guy? Season three. Season three. Yes. We did it, Joe. <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we made it to season three of the cast of color. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, listeners, that's a little uh, Kamala Harris impression, if you didn't uh, catch on. Um, we do have a new president. We are in season three of the cast of color. Thank you for joining us, showing love. We very much appreciate it. We're excited for this season, man. We have so many great things to talk about. There's a lot of movies coming out this year. Things have already come out within this short time of 2021. So uh, it's pretty cool. And the outline today, our show, we're going to do our normal catch up, hop into our diversity report where we have a cool deadline article about One Night in Miami. And uh, that's really solid. And then we're going to get into a movie review about one night in Miami. So it's lit. We out here. Uh, just catching up. I've been watching so many fucking movies, man. Like I, I, I've been straying away from the shows and Allie and I have been treating ourselves to some of these early access Amazon Prime movies, straight up $20 fucking movies. Uh, Greenland with oh. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. <laughs> have you guys watched that movie? No, I heard about it though. Oh, yeah. What did you, what did you hear Gerardo? I heard it's uh, interesting. <laughs> you heard it's interesting. You know, it, it, it's it's a very uh, visually appealing disaster movie, one of the end of the world type of movies. So, yeah, you know what? I feel like there is a like uh, there's kind of like this assumption where you have Gerard Butler in an action movie. It's like okay, like you kind of already know where it's gonna yeah. go. <laughs> you know what type of explosions there's gonna. Yeah, be. you know, you yeah. already know what to expect. It's like. <laughs> I know, bro. I know. And with this movie, if someone isn't at the stakes, the stakes are high. It's end of the world. But normally in these kind of PG-13 movies, they'll make it alive. They'll find their way. Um, mm -hmm. They'll learn a lesson or two. But um, I think it's an enjoyable movie for 20 bucks. It's, it's, it's certainly a charge for you. Another movie I just watched last night, which I think we should have an episode about as well, is Promising Young Woman. I'm sure oh, you guys have, yeah. yeah I'm sure you guys have heard about yeah. that. It's been a lot of talk about that show. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry about that film. What is, where is that one streaming? Amazon? That one's on Amazon Prime as well. Nice. And promising young woman, it addresses a lot of issues in today with um, women. You know, women coming out about things that have happened to them. It gets it's pretty dark. It has a dark humor though. Um, but yeah, it's it's very much focused on this college incident that happened to this young woman in medical school and it goes from there you got to watch the movie it's it's really cool oh, yeah. <laughs> you've seen oh, it yeah. i haven't seen it yet but i there's a lot of talk around it and i'm just hyped to watch that one <laughs> there is a lot of talk i'll keep it a stack i think there's too much talk around it because i think it's hyping up more than after watching it i was like this is cool however <laughs> <laughs> a lot of talk and uh yeah, it's it's you gotta you gotta be patient with it. You know, it's it's a cool movie though. It's a cool movie, um, yeah. but yeah, man, I, I know you guys have been watching a lot of shit too within this short time of twenty twenty one. I mean, I started watching a Curb Your Enthusiasm. 
Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just on HBO on. Max? Yeah. <laughs> I just put that on in the in the background while I while I do stuff and then it's like uh man it's it's funny. It's a funny sitcom. Larry David is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. God, <laughs> I've ne- I've never watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's pretty it's it's pretty dry humor, but it's it's really funny if you're into dry humor and stuff. I like dry I, humor. I like it. It's pretty I like funny. dry humor. Played a I lot of like uh, Call of Duty, I think. But, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I I pl- played a lot of Call of Duty Zombies. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> 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 the new Call of Duty had some had free zombies for a week, so I was like, I'm just gonna gonna play some Call of Duty zombies real quick. That was pretty fun. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking plan. Yeah, man. Shit, we over here getting ready for this move. This is the last weekend we're gonna be in this townhouse, and Friday we're moving into our house over in Upland. The Congratulations! U. Yeah, type, type, type. Good luck. Homeowner type. Yeah, homeowner <laughs> type. Some equity in this motherfucker. Yeah, American man. American dream. <laughs> the American dream. We did it. <laughs> we did it, guys. No, but yeah, we're very, very happy to be moving, to be owning some shit, and hopefully turn that garage into a nice little recording space, man. I want to, I want to deck it out. I, I saw it the other day. We went back there to go do the final tour do a final tour of the place and make sure everything is is right and um very much still a lot of their shit in there i'm like hey what the hell <laughs> <You like that. laughs> yeah so it's it's fun man looking forward to that so with the move and everything that's been keeping us busy but yeah man i'm very excited for season three i think we're gonna have some cool people on the show we're gonna have some cool guests we're gonna collaborate with many podcast that show us love and 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 real quick i just wanted to do a a quick little shout out to some of those podcasts and there's a few that we all know collectively but just some of the podcasts have been showing us love like the dive in movie podcast the boys over there thanks for always showing love Mm -hmm. effing nerds podcast critical Mm -hmm. av chris collins show uh josh rardo you know what i'm saying of course the boy joe's age narrative but just (laughs) just just to show love to some of these podcasts who have been uh been showing us love for seasons one and two and we look forward to collaborating with all of them so uh if i missed any we'll get you next time we will get you next time (laughs) well yeah man yeah because we wouldn't be here without our listeners so we fucking out here um with that being said we got this little diversity report And the article that we're going to be going over this time is about One Night in Miami, but not just about the movie, specifically about the actors in the movie. And I think it's a pretty interesting topic to talk about. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, Regina King on Brit actors playing U.S. characters. Quote, if I was moved, I don't care where a person's from. So let, let me start off by asking uh, who was who British in in, uh, in One Night in Miami? Malcolm X's character. Uh, Malcolm X, okay. Yes, yes. Malcolm X's character, British actor Kingsley Ben Adir. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, Canadian actor Eli Gore, who portrays a young Muhammad Ali. So right. you got one British actor, one Canadian actor, and. We've seen this done before, man. I mean, one of the first things that comes to my mind is I think of Henry Cavill. I think of Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah, I think of you... Spider-Man's. I think of Tom yeah. Holland and Andrew Garfield who have played Peter Parker. You know what I mean? And 
it, it was easy for me to to buy into these characters. They really played them well. Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. Uh, yeah, that's that's acting, right? Yeah, bro, that's that's acting. That's, <laughs> that's acting. What, I mean, for me, an actor. Exactly, exactly. When we I have, hear some, a, yeah. When I hear a British actor is playing a superhero, I'm like, oh shit, that's. I I know that the the casting director, you know, British actors take their craft I mean, I mean, serious. Look, look at Mel Gibson as a uh, Braveheart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> straight up. Look at Mel Gibson as Braveheart, bro. F- five it's Oscars a, for that movie, movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, I watched Signs the other day <laughs> with a young Joaquin Phoenix, and it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that alien scene oh, is so scary. Uh, yeah, Christian, <laughs> like. When he did the Dark Knight, like, and I had no idea he was British, I was so mind blown when I like, right. watched an interview with him. He's like, "Well, he has a he has a British accent. What the hell is that?" Absolutely, full on, full it's like on. A, it's, it's like a Welsh accent. He's from like Wales, right? Or, or, oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a very specific British accent. It is. Too, it is a so, specific uh, British. <laughs> we we know from that uh the, that the rant of his. <laughs> Then Henry Cavill just sounds fancy. That guy. That it guy sounds very fancy. That guy yes. be a narrator for something with his normal voice. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel Andrew Garfield is, you know, it's noticeable, but um, it's not as heavy as as not even heavy. But I think maybe a different dialect than Christian Bale's. But um, yeah, man. A- apart from those superhero actors that I'm most familiar with, um, about this article specifically, Malcolm X's character Muhammad Ali, uh, I think. Yeah, I think we'll get into accurate. it later, but <laughs> it, it it doesn't. It, I, 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 do we reach the consensus that uh, it, uh, we're cool with it? Yeah, straight up. <laughs> I, I think Regina King said it best. It's it's kind of simple, yeah. man. If it's if it's not only believable, it's entertaining and it's genuine. Because, bro, he bodied it as Malcolm X. I, I really enjoyed watching yeah. him portray Malcolm X and Malcolm oh, X. My favorite part. Oh, 100 percent. I was like, he studied. I, I, I can tell. That he studied and put time yeah. into it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll go into I, that. <laughs> we, we'll go into that. But yeah, the article, I think Regina King, again, I think she said it best, man. It's pretty easy for me to buy into a character as long as it's played well. So was she facing <laughs> like some flack for this or something? Like, which were people like trying to come for her? Is that why the article is out there? <laughs> I, I, I think. He's click. I think I think the reporters like to ask stuff for clickbait. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, even if they know that um, they're going to get like owned, you know what I mean? They know that it'll make a good headline that Regina King says, as long as I'm moved, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I feel you. I uh, clickbait. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think there are people who <laughs> who would go as far to say that American figures should be portrayed by American actors. But again, as long yeah. as it's believable. Hey, oh, remember, remember, uh, me and John used to have this acting teacher, Neil. Yes. <laughs> his name Neil. Uh, what's his last name? Neil Wise. Neil Wise. Yes, he's a guy. director. Yeah, uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> anyways, this guy, this guy Neil, in the acting classes, he'd be like all the British people coming over, taking good American parts. I was like, Oh God, I felt, I felt like borderline racist. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he said that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what he, that's what he said. Like, and it's like, yeah, the British actors are getting jobs because they're more trained and they're, they're better. They are. Mm-hmm. And that, that's <laughs> you know? one thing about, if we're talking acting, if we're talking acting, British actors, they, they train differently. American actors are sent over there. We have programs to send American actors over there just to get a different sense of how to train as as an actor. And yeah, yeah they're, they're they're like trained 
like with the, yeah. the physicality and the mm-hmm. it's just great it's just great you know what i mean uh, they're, absolutely they're, they're awesome but uh, yeah the little the little little aside but yeah, yeah yeah wow i mean for for someone to yeah we'll, we'll get into that for someone to say that i can't believe neil his punk ass actually say that <laughs> say that out loud like bro but and they're not taking all the roles they may get significant roles like very prominent roles but there are plenty of fucking roles for american like there are they just gotta be he's uh, gotta get, get good yeah we're all about the best that's what america is about whoever is the best you come here and prove yourself british or not we want the best compet- for the acting is, is competitive you know exactly exactly so we got the resources here to be good so ain't no fucking excuses um well, i think you guys have anything else for that article it's a pretty re- relatable article to the actual movie review <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's so why i just want to just get into it Let, let's let's get into it man so this is our movie review section one night in miami Ooh. here we go regina king's directorial debut yes you so, know what i'm saying go ahead gerardo so, so one night in miami uh when uh when the movie when i was watching the movie i i it felt like a play so I looked it up and it actually is based off of a play. It, it came is out in 2017, I believe, right? 2017, 2016 yes. is around the time the play came out. Now, I, I feel like I would have enjoyed it better as a play, honestly. Like it, this would be really cool to see on stage. I, yes, I think. yes. And even, even just thinking about that physical setting, bro, it's it's mostly in that, that motel room. You, yeah. you can make that in a dope little set on stage. Yeah. So, so, so One Night in Miami is set in 1964 when muhammad ali wins the world heavyweight championship um he's there with jim brown commentating uh malcolm x is there to give him spiritual support and sam cook is there just because they're friends and all these guys are friends they're all successful black men in the 60s when when that started to actually be become a thing <laughs> you know oh yeah it, it's hell like, yeah <laughs> it's like for, for like it, the civil rights movement was going on it was a, a lot a lot was happening at the time um so muhammad ali as we all know wins the world heavyweight championship and yes. then end up in a motel room he beats sunny liston that was that was really <laughs> the boy out there you know what i'm saying and yeah yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was so cool so so they end up back at a, at a motel room where Malcolm X basically tries to convert two other guys to to the nation of Islam like like we all know he does to Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Now that that that's pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 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 I think I think what a good chunk of this movie does is is introduce you to the characters and really lets you lets you know who they are and what what makes them tick. Now some of the stuff was just kind of kind of weird some characterizations of certain people here we go here we go like okay I'm, i'll start off with sam cook i really liked uh leslie leslie odom leslie odom yeah. yeah leslie odom jr i really liked him as uh i i liked him as sam cook as did i uh yeah. you know his 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 voice he he didn't do an impersonation of sam cook which i think is good yeah he just but, sang his ass off yeah, yeah just go in there and sing as best you can I mean, I he think sa- he's saying he's saying like himself which yeah. is which is it's cool he has a great voice but it's also it's not sam cook. I, 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 it's just like <laughs> he's just not he's just not you know what i mean <laughs> it's just like sam cook struggled 
<laughs> that guy, that guy has struggled. That guy, you can hear it in his voice. You know what I mean? And um, especially Sam Cook, Sam Cook struggled. Yeah. yeah what, Cook, what do you mean? Like in the in the sense that when he was trying to sing? Well, no, no, like like with his in his life. Oh fuck yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> you, you know, and you can hear it in his voice so much. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's especially 1964, which is for those of you that don't know, 1964 is actually the year that Sam Cooke uh, died. He actually died in the December of that year. Mm-hmm. So uh, the movie makes no mention of it, which is odd because he's the first one to die out of the group of men. <laughs> yeah, it's very much focused on the death of Malcolm X. Yeah. Yeah. So so Sam Cooke actually died later that year. Now, what I thought was weird and where, where they kind of stiffed Sam Cooke was, was in the way where the... Um, uh, Change is going to come was actually already performed on the Tonight Show by the time the Muhammad Ali fight happened. Mm-hmm. Change was going to come was already released as a, uh, I mean he he already he already premiered it on the Tonight Show, and a week after Ali won the fight, the album Ain't That Good News came out, which is the album that had that song on it, and then later that year, uh, at, around the time of his death, it was released as a single. Mm. So so the song was already out. Um, it, now, one of the plot points of the movie, uh, as people may remember, I hope you watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that we're talking about. Um, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. They very much made that shit right after the one night in Miami. And then he went on The Tonight Show and it was very touching. And Yeah, but that's not how yeah, it happened. That's not how it happened. They re- okay, <laughs> like, good, to, well, good to know. I, I think they really stiffed Sam Cooke there because it's like they made him look not woke, you know, but it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, but it's like it's like he 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 wrote that song because, you know, it, because his manager showed him the Bob Dylan song uh, blowing in the wind that Malcolm X shows him uh, that, that his manager shows him that song. And then uh, around that time, he 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 went to he got put in jail wrongly at a motel for an incident um so he he started writing the song because you know he start he feels he's feeling it you know <laughs> he's he was he's going through it he was actually going through through the the uh discrimination and 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 such oh yeah so it's weird that in the movie it makes it seem almost like sam cook didn't uh, go through that uh which I, I i understand you know changing certain things for a movie but man that just that just puts him in a weird context for for me uh no one knowing his you know knowing his story yeah so my my question from that that whole thing that happened with malcolm x playing that's um blowing in the wind blown in the wind bob dylan it it, it gave to me the impression that that was something sam cook because even malcolm x was like how come this white boy singing about some shit that a person of color knows about yeah um it gave the impression that maybe sam cook wrote that song but it was no, no, Sam, no. That Sam Sam Cook likes that song. Uh, Sam Cook actually covered that song uh, at the Copa. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sam Cook has an album called Live at the Copa, which was his last live album right before he died. Got you. Uh, really good album. I like it a lot. They reference it in in the the movie where he says he's going to go back to the Copa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kills it because God, it's such a good album. Right, uh, right. And he covers Blowing in the Wind. He already covered Blowing in the Wind, I think, by then on a on a TV show. Okay, because in the movie, Malcolm X has this this issue with that song being performed by a white artist. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Bob Dylan wrote it, yeah. <laughs> and that's the and that's that's the thing uh, that, that that that's why I mean, you know, Bob Dylan won a fucking Nobel Prize and everything. He was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Shit, if he wrote um, that himself, that's that's something that's coming from his soul. And as a man, there. Well, well, that, that then that's what I wanted to say. I liked about Sam Cooke's characterization in the movie. Mm-hmm. Here on the cast of color, I'm always trying to talk about nuance and how everything is in black or white. And I think yes. the movie, or at least the script, does a really good job at outlining that. Mm-hmm. Like when Sam Cooke says that <laughs> anything with the soul can be tapped into <laughs> with music or whatever. He says something like that, and he's like, "Don't white people have souls?" You know, and that. You know Malcolm X. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he's calling them the, the the white devils, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, very much Sam so. Sam Cook d- directly opposing Malcolm X, which I think is a really cool, cool um, dynamic in the movie and in the absolutely. Story. I think that was probably my favorite relationship in the movie, uh, and w- which they focus a lot on Ali and Malcolm X. But I think my favorite relationship, a dynamic at least, my favorite dynamic was Sam Cook and Malcolm X because it yeah. showed. Again, it just shows how diverse black people are themselves. They had these many black people in one successful black man in one room and how they thought so differently. And they talked about Sam Cooke was talking about he was like, my mom, my mom cried when um, JFK, when JFK, my mom cried. It's like, yeah, he's a white man, but that 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 meant something to her. And um, And he was like, like, what did you? Yeah, he was like, what did you say, Malcolm? You said it was the chickens coming home to Rose. <laughs> I was trying to make a point. <laughs> but... no, dude, let's talk about Malcolm X, dude. Like, oh, to, man. To, to have to come in after Denzel, you know, Denzel is like the iconic Malcolm X. You know absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And this guy came in and he, he killed it, dude. He I, I fucking really liked bodied it. Yeah. He bodied it. Let, let's just let's give a shout out to the actor who portrayed Malcolm X in this. Yeah, everyone was talking about Leslie and he. Don't get me wrong, he did a great job, but I oh, really yeah. think the standout oh, performance is Malcolm X, bro. They're all great. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they're, they're all they're, they're all great. They're all great. I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but but Malcolm X, man, that guy just stood out, man. I think that's my thing. I could not get my eyes away from him. He was just very I th- he as an actor, I think that guy sat down behind a computer. He sat down with people who who might have known who, historians. It just seemed like he did his homework. It, it, it seemed like he really did his homework. Um, Kingsley, the, the actor, um, just knowing from what I know about Malcolm X and some of his mannerisms I've seen throughout history, I think it was spot on, even from the way his hair looked, uh, the way he had his hands on his hips and um, the, his voice, his voice itself. You know what I mean? And, and knowing that that's a British actor. It's I, just, I didn't even know he was British. He oh, was... yeah. See, that's cool. Right. And. How many people could? You, you can't even tell. He killed it. And um, God, I mean, there were just so many scenes with him and Sam that I enjoy. Like when Sam walked away and Malcolm X just has his hand up and it's like talking. And then him and Jim Brown, Malcolm X and Jim Brown ended up having a sit down. Jim Brown was like, I don't appreciate you. You shouldn't come at him for this. And oh, I love what yeah. Jim Brown says about Sam Cooke. He's like, he was like, when you look at it, Malcolm, Sam Cooke is the only one who's really free. He was like, he's not waiting on a paycheck from a white man like we are, like NFL stars are athletes are i mean they're waiting on a check from someone you know artists have the luxury of yeah. being able to pick and choose successful artists so and i feel like sam cook uh he, he in the script he's really written as the artist where it's like well i'm an entertainer yeah. and i'm going to entertain any way i can to make money off of it you know absolutely absolutely because uh, you know that's how it feels like you know as an actor right or i mean I, I, when i play music i'm like yeah i mean i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna play the play the music make the money you know <laughs> yeah hell yeah hell yeah and i i ain't mad at it but yeah man M- malcolm x i i loved his character and i think that they did a lot with 
not just studying him, but a lot about his relationship with the nation of Islam and um, how he was, you know, convincing. So the night the next day was supposed to be Muhammad Ali's day that he's going to announce him joining the nation of Islam. And for those of you not familiar, nation of Islam, they're um, it's black Muslims, they're black nationalists, and um, they have their own beliefs and all that. Don't, you know, don't need pork, many things that Muslims do. Again, I'm not the most uh, versed, but um, I know that Malcolm X, obviously one of the most influential, impactful members of the nation of Islam, he started having disagreements with the leadership and they were foreshadowing in this film throughout the film, his friction with the nation of Islam leading to his death. It's like, it's like Malcolm knew he was going to die. And I think that's what this movie was kind of foreshadowing in certain parts. Um, which is kind of sad, it you know. It really feels like a play, though, right? In the <laughs> yeah, it structured does. In the, I'm like, yeah, Damn. yeah. It, feel, it feels like a play. It it does feel like a play. And um, again, if, if if you were to imagine this, I can imagine this play out on the theater stage. But uh, yeah, it was when you see when it comes to the full circle at the end with the autobiography of Malcolm X, it's very revered for many, many, many people, especially in the black community, um, because you get to really get a look into the mind of Malcolm X his relationship with Muhammad Ali, the nation of Islam, and why he felt like he was straying away from the nation and not just the nation, but the leadership. I think that's what he said. It's, you know, he, he was always going to be Muslim, but the leadership in him are having some disagreements. And um, because, I mean, historically speaking, Malcolm X was assassinated in 1965. The people who were arrested were from the nation of Islam. They were black men. Um, and in, yeah, and, you, you yeah. see his bodyguard paying off some some white guys at the, at the end of the movie. Right, right. His white guys set his house on fire, right? Exactly. And that's what I wanted to get to because they're the ones who set his house on fire. But I'm glad it wasn't implying that they're the ones who actually kill Malcolm X because people who kill Malcolm X are who are arrested allegedly are members of the Nation of Islam. Did and, his house uh, really get set on fire around then? Right, right. So yeah, at the end of the movie, um. Yeah, very sad. in real go. life, right? <laughs> yeah, that happened yeah, in real around, life. Yeah, around, around that, around that time and everything. That exactly, that was, that was exactly. A good right. So it's, um, I, I enjoyed that historical context. Many of these conversations that happen in the movie are straight up yeah. fucking fictional. Well, well, yeah, they're fictional. But what I think, I and I wanted to also mention Muhammad Ali, where um, I, I read a review of the of the play where they said that the writer did a really good job at um, writing Muhammad Ali, who who has said so many iconic lines and who is. Who everybody everybody knows how he talks oh yeah yeah and it's like very it's like, distinct um, way of talking muhammad yeah, and, ali. and and it's written it's written so well i'm like yeah this really sounds like muhammad ali would talk like this and you know yeah uh, absolutely the actor man he's he's amazing uh when he's talking about wrestling <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but the muhammad ali man that guy that guy had the accent he had the physicality he was oh, a big boy. Boy, and, did he uh, have the physicality. It looked like he trained to put oh my gosh, he was just yeah, it, it was crazy. Shit. Even like even when he was uh when he was boxing like on his on his feet, he looked like he he moved like him. It's yeah crazy. Movement. And uh even uh he got the like his like Muhammad Ali's taunts, they were perfect. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. When he was fighting Sonny Liston, that he called him ugly. That's what he that's what Muhammad Ali did. It's like, yeah, he's ugly, and that's they, they they nailed that man his physicality in the ring um when i was watching those boxing scenes i wanted to see the way he moved his back is fucking huge just like <laughs> ali he's tall um 
again, another actor who studied the character of Ali. Because it's very easy to to pick apart the way that Ali talks if you do it wrong. Anyone who does it wrong, it's very easy to pick apart. It sounds like you're trying too hard. And um, the mo- the most recent interpretation I have is Will Smith as Ali in the movie Ali. <laughs> and um, Will Smith bodied that character, man. He bodied Muhammad Ali. I love Muhammad Ali. He's one of my favorite athletes, specifically yeah. because he he spoke the fuck up at a time where it could it could literally get you killed. Now, uh, my, now the way they the, the way they wrote uh, him in this movie or in the in the play, I, I'm like. Uh, or at least like the way I don't know something about it makes makes him feel like he's kind of like a like a baby in this one. And, and that's exactly what the, I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, Gerardo. And, and Kemp Powers is the screenwriter, by the way, and the, the playwright Kemp Powers. And oh, he, 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 he did the adaption and everything. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, it's that's really cool. cool. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Helps with that. Yeah, helps helps with the adaption. <laughs> no, straight up, man. Got to keep that shit consistent. You know what I mean? It'll feel funky if it was by someone else. Um, but yeah, man, back to, we, we were talking about Ali. Um, what the fuck were we talking about? about he's Ali? kind of like a baby. Oh yeah, he's kind of like a baby. He was 22. So in real life, when he beat Sonny Listening, he was young as shit, you know, 22 years old. That's, and many boxers, Mike Tyson, they're, cha- they're world champions at very young ages, the early 20s. Um, and they very much played on that, the way that Malcolm would say, young brother, he would talk to the other guys in the room, like, you know, Ali's a young guy. You and know, he and would act like, a, like he was the young guy. In the he room, was jumping like, on the bed at one point, bro. Like, he, Muhammad he, Ali. He looked, like, shy to and, or scared, like, when, when the big boys would be arguing or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For the most part, he kept to himself for things that were very heated, where Sam Cooke and Malcolm X had very specific talking points to address to each other. Muhammad is very much neutral and more of a, a spectator. He's taking it all in, man. He very much views Malcolm in this movie as a mentor and as um, a spiritual, and I, I'd say... Uh, spiritual guide. <laughs> spiritual guide, yeah, man. And when he goes to talk to reporters, he prefers to have Malcolm right there next to him. Even when Malcolm goes to say in the movie that he's thinking about leaving the nation and he just convinced Muhammad to join the nation. You know what I'm saying? And what's sad in real life, which is historically true, is when Malcolm did eventually decide to leave the Nation of Islam, he had a falling out with Muhammad Ali. They um they were they saw each other somewhere and Malcolm X reached out to Ali, but Muhammad said, you know, you betrayed the nation, or you turned your back on the nation, and um you know, we're, we're no longer friends, something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but that really yeah. happened. And it was one of Muhammad Ali's greatest regrets in life uh, because in 1965, Malcolm X was assassinated. And um, yeah, Muhammad Ali goes on to say later in his life that it, it was absolutely one of the things he regrets most. So they really played on his youth in this movie. He's a young world champion with this influence. I think Malcolm knew that. And they they played on that too. They're like, how come you're you're... You're trying to get this young kid to join the nation so bad. What's in it for you? You know, Sam Cooke even applied to the movie that how come you just find yourself around influential, famous people, man? Like what? And Jim Brown tells Malcolm too, like, nigga, he's like, Negro, you have no job, Negro. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the literal sense. <laughs> yeah. I know what you meant. <laughs> let's talk about uh let's talk about jim brown real quick uh oh okay, yeah we, okay. I, I have I a like few things actor. about i do like the actor the yes. actor is gonna be hawkman right yeah the boy the boy yeah that's the, i like the actor a lot yeah he uh, is is he an american actor 
believe so. Okay, yeah, yeah, because we we just threw up his uh yeah his Hawkman from the new Black Adam look on our page. So um, well, that's just fan art. I don't think it's an yeah. official. It's Boss Logic's fan. Boss art. Logic's fan and art. Then, yeah, uh, but Boss Logic is also working on the movie, so it's like, yeah, it's pretty funny that he. <laughs> that's dope as fuck, bro. Shouts to Boss Logic. We'll have him on the show one of these days, man. We'll, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, Jim Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, Jim Brown. I I enjoyed the sit down with Malcolm X. And I think, shit, I'll be, I'm going to keep it a sec. I think this movie really does him more justice than... I don't think Jim Brown's really as noble and cool as they portray him in this movie. Um but that's that's my opinion. I think what I enjoyed about what he said to Malcolm X is the idea of economic freedom for black people. I do believe that is something powerful. I do believe that's something very liberating for any person to be economically free and not to have to rely on any person. Um, he was critiquing Malcolm, like, how come you're being so critical of Sam and the way that he is contributing? Because ultimately, I think this movie is about how each of them is contributing to the movement. Yeah. And, and, and in what well, way are they contributing? Point, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was just gonna say, like, they they all have um they're all doing it their own way, you know what I mean? And they all have their own perspective on things like Sam mm -hmm. Cook talks about how like like oh I may not be writing songs that completely like contribute or talk about the movement or anything, but I'm still like I have a label and I'm producing tons of black artists. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The movie, the movie touches on how Sam Cooke kind of helped start the British invasion. For those of you that don't know, the British invasion is the late 60s when uh, or I mean, early 60s or mid 60s when um, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles were starting to take over America with the with their music. Yes. So, yes. Um, they mentioned the Beatles in this movie. Yeah, they mentioned the Beatles. So the British invasion was uh, was a pretty big deal. The British, mm -hmm. a lot of the British invasion bands were influenced by a lot of the black artists from America. Straight up, like Eric Clapton loves BB King, Muddy Waters, uh, all that stuff. And then you got um, it's so dope. Yeah, you got the Beatles. They they they're just straight up covering certain songs. They they said Rolling Stones covered one of the songs on Sam Cooke's labels. Right. Yeah, that made him a lot of money. Bro, well, thank you. Yeah. That and it's and I, I always say that, like, you know, some people aren't okay with certain people playing or singing certain styles of music. And it's like it, it it's not appropriation, it's sharing the culture. Like that's something that should be shared. Absolutely. Absolutely. Certain genres were created by like like jazz was created by black people and white people coming together so collectively it's, it's, exactly yeah, yeah it's, man it's a collective thing like you can't you can't give all the credit to to one race when when certain musics are made because it's it, it is a collective thing and and i think yes that the movie did a, a, a cool job at, at explaining that and, and doing it through sam cook was was really cool it was so cool bro i think he was the voice for many people who are not going to be as extreme as malcolm x like malcolm i'm not going to be out here saying that white people are white devils i don't believe in that <laughs> shit my guy i'm gonna keep it a stack as a black person i, I can never get behind something that genuinely believes in that it's just not the way i think you know i can't because I've met many white people who are not devils in my <laughs> my opinion, but they, they certainly sure they may think differently. White people have a different historical context in America, but um, I think Sam could <laughs> not devils, bro. I can't fucking believe. I just I can't believe that. Sorry, I ain't that guy. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, man. And I just I, th- I think Sam Cooke was really a voice for so many people who feel that there are different ways. There are many different ways to help the black community without going on stage and saying how evil white people are. Yeah. And, that, yeah. It's, it's great. And that's what because, he was saying. Yeah, he was like, you're going on stage. Stuff, what are you yeah. doing, bro? You're getting people turned up. You're rallying them up for pe- and many of these black people don't have the means to fight back against. <laughs> we don't have the resources, my guy. We're not we're not like you. You have the nation supporting your house. You have the nation supporting your car. You have the nation security. protecting. You have security in the motel that you're at. And and Dr. King is out here saying we has to be peaceful because, quite frankly, right now we don't have the fucking means to literally fight back. We got to keep it peaceful. So it's I, I, I love Malcolm X because he does so much for the culture. But um, there are certainly <laughs> methods of his approach that I don't agree with. And that's just me. I, I believe certain certain messages, they hit more when your approach is um, your approach. I wouldn't say it's just easier for people to take in, easier for your audience to take in. <laughs> and of course, exactly. at that time, it's hard, bro. Black people are dying. I mean, I love Malcolm X's little monologue in that. He's like, we are dying every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, uh, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, like you said, it's cool that it had, like I said earlier, like nuance, you know, everything's like really polarizing right now. So, yes, <laughs> it's nice that in this one, it's like you have the extreme Malcolm X opinion. Yes. But, but you don't have the, you know, you don't have the opposite of that. None of them are like, oh, I want to be, uh, you know, a servant to the white man or whatever. And none of them say that. So it's cool to have that Malcolm X extreme and then kind of work your way down from there, you know, person by person, like. Absolutely. Absolutely, Jim, man. Like like Jim Brown just didn't care, you know, <laughs> Jim Brown was very, indif- very open about the fact that he's into white women. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he tells Ali that he was. <laughs> they fucking played Jim Brown at the beginning. He was like, can I want me to help you with that furniture? Oh, don't worry, Jimmy. No, don't worry, Jimmy. We don't allow niggers inside. <laughs> It was so casual, dude. It just threw me off. All the more reason why it hit that much more, Gerardo. I was talking oh, yeah. to my boy Omar about that. We would just roll it. I mean, sure, it's that if that that happens in real life, and that that's shitty. That's awful for black people. <laughs> but the way he was so nonchalant, he's like, oh no, Jimmy, you know we don't let niggers inside. It's just well, that that's that's literally like a stage thing. That, that's literally that stage humor. <laughs> you yeah, know, that absolutely. Like, where it's like you just yeah, say it. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it just goes to show. It's like, bro, and he was just praising him. He's like, um, he was praising Jim Brown at the beginning. He's like, it, it is my. I am so honored to say that I live on the same island as Jim Brown. If you ever need anything, son, come here and we got you. And then he says that to him. Like, you can't come inside. Just goes to show that Jim Brown, you're the top NFL player in the in the league. You're, you're the man, but you'll never be white. You'll never be us. That was the, essentially what I got from that scene. And um, then do us proud, son. <laughs> <laughs> now do us proud, son. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's. And then when you hear about how Jim Brown is in real life, you're like, because he's the only surviving member of this group. So of this group, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. He's the only person who's actually still alive today. And boy, I wonder how he feels. He was portrayed in this movie because I think that they very much did him justice. No, I think he liked it. I try to look up. Jim oh, Brown I'm sure he's nothing, nothing but good stuff. Right oh, now for sure, bro. I, they, <laughs> I had to I had to look up uh, Jim Brown MAGA to see. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's pretty. He's pretty mad. <laughs> and that's my thing, Gerardo. I mean, Joe. Yeah, Joe said it, too. 
Jim Brown is straight up, you know, a very vocal about his support for Donald Trump. Damn, I was about to say President Trump. You ain't not president no more, though, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Citizen Trump. <laughs> Citizen Trump. <laughs> Get your ass over here. Um, but yeah, he's very open about that. And when you see the way he's portrayed in this film, it's like, nigga, you fucking lucky Regina King was behind this. She fucking made you look like just someone who was a voice for the people, but in their own way. And yeah, I, I really love about Jim Brown in this movie is because yeah that he preaches is um, like, you know, it's something that a lot of people talk about today, like is just financial literacy. Yes. Like, like pretty yes. much like money is king type shit, you know? And so. it is, it is. It sucks that we live in a world that is, but I like that Jim Brown's character in this movie brought up that aspect. He's like, there are other ways to help the culture, man. Like um, he was just, he was, criti- he was, he was criticizing Malcolm for being so critical of Sam and yeah. And, and saying, you know, honestly, Malcolm, you don't have a fucking job. The rest of us have to go out here and we have to get money somehow. And if we're going to make movies by doing that and you want to call me a sellout, by all means. But I even said in that movie, he invested in black businesses. That was mm-hmm. his way of giving back to the people. So it's like, yeah, he's a famous NFL star who's investing his money into black businesses. That's one way to help the people. You know what I mean? And put them on game with money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me just say uh, that I, I, what I appreciate about this movie is that it's an easy watch. It's yeah. not like a, it's not like a, 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 it's not a hard movie to to rewatch or anything. It's it's not like oh man, this is gonna be a racially tense movie. I have to prepare myself mentally. It's like oh yeah, I can throw this on and and yeah. it's, it's it's good. You know, it's an easy watch. It's I, I appreciate that about it. <laughs> not everything has to be extreme emotions and pushing all the time. You know. Yeah. This one's really easy to just. It is sit, easy sit to take and watch. It. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's great performances and it's good, good directing. I, I the, the the directing isn't that bad, and yeah, uh, the writing is 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 good, and it, I think it's just a solid, solid movie. It's just solid, although everything is solid. <laughs> you know? It is, man. It it was very well done. That's what I have to say. I, it, it was yeah. it was very well done. I any it, any closing remark. Oh no, um, I, I, so, I do like, uh, like you know, these are it's all like real music, but I do like uh, all like Sam Cooke is great, you know. Um, but I'm kind of sick at the fact that his that uh, Leslie Owens version of what's that one song I posted it the other day on the Cats of Color page, the uh, the Put Me Down Easy song <laughs> uh, by Elsie. Oh, that one's by Elsie Cook. Uh, that's his, that's his brother, yeah. Yeah, I, I just wanted a, a longer version of Leslie Odom's uh, rendition in the in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he sounds yeah, like I said, he sounds great, but man, he sounds like himself. You know what I mean? Doesn't sound like Sam. <laughs> just, it's okay. It's okay. He sounds he sounds great. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I feel like if I if I had if I had any closing remarks. I would say the biggest takeaway from this, I love that you said it's an easy watch, Gerardo, because it certainly is. It's not too much in your face and it's not too fucking heavy. Um, but it's I, a po- point, poignant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I love how it's an eclectic group of successful black people, black men in one room with just very different ways of looking at the world and uh, ultimately how they're contributing to the civil rights movement at the time. Which brings me to ask you guys, if there were a modern day 
one night in Miami, what celebrities? <laughs> what? Oh, <God>. oh, <laughs> I, I don't know, bro. I was I was like, what what four celebrities who have enough influence? One of them is LeBron James. I know Gerardi. I, I think he's influential enough. Yeah. So I mean, I'm thinking of influence, and I'm thinking about no, yeah, no. LeBron, the LeBron is definitely one of them because he has some interesting views. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I was just at the top of your head, and they don't have to be black, but just what what celebrities would you guys think would <laughs> would be in a modern uh, day one night in Miami? The Rock. Oh, The Rock. Yeah, hundred percent. But playing wow. like yeah. I think one of them too. I I don't know if you guys would consider him a celebrity, but he's very much like I think he's like one of the bigger names is uh, Sean King. Oh wow! Oh god, yeah, that dude. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> he it, we know he's gonna be the uh, the very. I wouldn't even. I mean, he's bro. Bro, bro is clearly one-sided in his view i wouldn't say one-sided man no uh, it, no it is it is no he's pretty inflammatory he's <laughs> yeah sean king be posted some shit that i'm like that that's some of that polarizing stuff we were talking about he yeah is, like, he, he posts some the, divisive yeah. shit but i say he's if, one of the social media guys that we were talking about last you know he's like where yeah. it's like he has such an influence it could be dangerous spreading misinformation in that direction you know what i mean yeah straight up straight up bro i mean it, it's crazy to hear conspiracy theories in general from so many different types of people uh people who consider themselves conservative people consider themselves liberal i'd be hearing these conspiracy theories i'm like see that shit is toxic that shit is toxic (laughs) you know what i'm saying but yeah i just i thought it was fun man like what i i just always thinking about after watching this movie i was like i wonder what like realistically what celebrities these days which celebrities would (laughs) actually have enough influence and pull to meet up for one night in miami and discuss e- e- Elon shit. Musk, the oh the yeah, world's world's richest African American. <laughs> <laughs> For the fucking culture, Elon Musk. <laughs> but yeah, man. I think one more thought that I have on this movie, just to kind of bounce off what you guys saying on how it's an easy watch. Yes. One of the things that makes it kind of light is um, Eli Gore's as muhammad ali because yeah when when he gets like in front of the camera it's it's hilarious you know like, it, it, it is yeah i'm yeah. the greatest i'm the greatest like, <laughs> like, like towards the end of the movie when he goes to talk to the media um he's like having a serious conversation with everybody in the hotel room and right when he opens the door he's like i'm the greatest yeah he you just know? turns on yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. on his like his his media personality and bro like, straight up showmanship man yeah, I was like, damn, this that's hilarious. That's great. So out of <laughs> out of five nights in Miami, <laughs> what do you guys give it? Out of out of five nights in Miami, I'm I'm going to give this film. I'm going with the four point two. Nice. I'm going with the the three point seventy five. Oh. I'll meet you guys in the middle. I'll be four. <laughs> <laughs> guess i'm gonna be in miami for 0. 0.2 nights longer than you um, <laughs> I, I, I only say 3.7 because for me four is like a is like a great movie and okay and like, and like three and a half is like a solid movie like three is like a solid movie you know what i mean like like yeah. solid i can sit down and watch it a four is like like a great movie like you know like soul or something and then like mm-hmm. a five is like just like what i would consider 
just me personally like amazing you know mm-hmm. so it's like but this one that's like 3.75 to me just means like solid you know what i mean like yeah it's I, like it's like it's I like a little you. bit better it's a little bit better than it's it's better it's like, than down the well, middle well done <laughs> yeah like it's yeah. just so, solid solid watch you know <laughs> yeah i feel you i feel you um yeah i, I enjoyed the renditions of very um of very prominent historical figures man i fucked with it because of yeah. that so i i muhammad ali is one of my favorite athletes of all time yeah. and i mean and, this is the closest yeah. uh I've, I've gotten to a sam cook biopic so yeah yeah bro so and it's cool yeah for regina king's she directorial like- debut she bodied she yeah, she did well like, yeah i think she had it's like four movies mashed into one and like it, it works you know <laughs> <laughs> we checked all those she, biopics she, she picked some some she picked some good material to adapt like i'm sure she watched the play and was like oh man yeah this is it this is a good uh, movie. exactly I, w- I was just going to say i think she had some excellent shit to work with as far as this play because like, i really want to watch this live like absolutely like, i read absolutely. up on it and, and the guy that plays sam cook is actually supposed to sing and I mean, I feel like oh. I would, you know, you. I feel like everything's more forgivable on stage, like some of the clunky dialogue. You know what I mean? And oh hell yeah, because you know, it's it's. I looked over it in this movie because it's like, come on, it's a good movie, you know. But yeah, it's like I feel like some of the the dialogue would lend itself a little bit better to stage, and and I, I, I it'd be cool energy to just feel live on stage. You know what I mean? The, you know what? I arguments. feel yeah. <laughs> I feel you. It's like something that that's the thing about film. You could the, be you could be on that on that fucking stage. You could play it on stage, John, if if it comes up. Yeah, might play a little Ali. <laughs> Throw it in the ring a little bit. <laughs> but dude, I, I guarantee that that net that since the movie came out, they're probably gonna gonna be doing this this live on stage once once that yeah. comes back. And it's straight plays, like you know, you don't gotta you can just you can just uh learn the learn the dialogue but i think i think you'd be in it yeah oh thank you that'll be a fucking dream man it's i i can totally see this because of it coming out and so many people watching it i can totally see this being just on stage all the time now and that'll be cool man i'll give some some aspiring actors a fucking opportunity am i right <laughs> so yeah ma'am there you go john <laughs> <laughs> this is it so uh regina king hello i'm here <laughs> um but yeah man i can go on and on about this movie because of the historical context but um yeah i i i enjoy our review i think we solid season three opener yeah season three fucking opener baby so um do give us a follow listeners give us a follow on instagram and twitter the cast of color we're out here you know what i'm saying we're gonna drop another episode um we have some cool episodes lined up for this season. We're going to be getting into WandaVision. Uh, we're going to be getting into some cool shit. So it's going to be very exciting. Gentlemen, any other cl- closing thoughts? No Cerritos. That's it. That's it. Hell yeah. Well, we're calling it. Again, thank you for showing love. This is the Cast of Color. We're signing off. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Hey, I let you know.